0: I want to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able, place your hand over your heart right now. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a pre-born baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. We've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies every day Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a little baby is able to suck his or her thumb. For just $28, you can be the difference between the life or death of a child. And if you're a business owner, perhaps you can consider a larger donation for a write-off because we know the government isn't working on saving babies. A donation of $1,000, $2,000, $20,000. All gifts are tax-deductible and will reach eternity. Get involved today to donate. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict that's preborn.com slash verdict when you have health insurance it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs that can be a lot of money but are your bills accurate well it's estimated that over 50 percent of medical bills contain errors And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, CPAC. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Welcome to Verdict with Ted Cruz. I am Michael Knowles. We are live at CPAC. Senator, I feel like we're
2: pretty much roommates at this point. Uh, There's a lot of truth to that. (laughs) Uh, This is number one. This is CPAC. This is the largest conservative gathering in the world. <laughs> yes. You have conservatives, you have libertarians, you have bloggers, you have cowboys, you have young people, you have l- lovers of liberty gathered all descending on Washington and terrifying the Washington bureaucracy.
1: And, you know, this is, this is a pretty good time to be here at CPAC. We have got record low unemployment, record wins. I think we've got, what, 187 judges on the courts now? That well, are... actually,
2: not 187. We've now confirmed 192. 192. I stand corrected. This is In, pretty on good. On Twitter, right after the impeachment trial, which I will note, the Senate rightly acquitted the president of these ridiculous <laughs> articles of impeachment. Right after the Senate acquittal, I saw someone on Twitter that said, as revenge the Senate should immediately confirm a judge. (laughs) I responded and said, nope, we're going to confirm five. You're doing five. (laughs) And that's what we did. So
1: things are looking really, really good. What I want to know is, how did this happen?
2: Well, all right, let's take this and break it into different pieces. Okay. First of all, verdict, what is this? Well, as a lot of y'all know, a month ago, we launched this podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz, launched it on the first day of the impeachment trial. The very first night, each night I went, jumped in a truck, headed down to the studio, and we would record at midnight, one, two in the morning. Whenever it happened, we'd record that night. It went from zero, non-existent, to skyrocketing and becoming the number one ranked podcast in the world. We've had, had now to date over four and a half million downloads. And the way we're doing it, we're responding to breaking news. So Michael talked about us being roommates. The reason for that, this is the third verdict podcast that we have recorded in the last 24 hours.
1: This is, I was not supposed to see the Senator until today. I was flying into Washington, nice leisurely night. He calls, he says, no, Michael, I'm I'm
2: really pissed off about something right now. We're gonna record a podcast Tonight, get to the studio. So, and I'll tell you then what tomorrow's podcast is going to be. <laughs> How many of y'all, y'all are familiar with Bernie Sanders kissing up to Fidel Castro and the communists in Cuba? <laughs> well, I gotta say that really pissed me off. <laughs> and I take it pretty personally. So what we did, I called my aunt, my tia Sonia, who was imprisoned and tortured in Cuba by Fidel Castro's goons. And my tia Sonia got on a plane and flew to DC, and we sat down and had her tell us about what Cuban communism is all about. What it's really like. And, I I have to brag for a moment
1: about the senator, because not only did he become the number one podcaster in the world, he also became the number one booking producer. We've got another guest coming up. We shot another show. Because you happened
2: to have lunch with a guy who was in the United States, and you brought him through. Next week, it will be a big, big show on a totally different topic. Yes. But let's get to the topic of this show right now. How this all happened. The most fundamental political shift that has happened in the last decade is that the two parties have switched places. Everything you've been told about politics is wrong and is a lie. All of us grew up being told Republicans are the party of the rich and Democrats are the party of the working class. In the last decade, those two switched. Today, the Democrats are the party of the rich. Today, the Democrats are the party of Hollywood celebrities and Silicon Valley billionaires and Wall Street titans. They sip their lattes and they look down on working class Americans. And on the other hand, working men and women, the working men and women here, union members, blue collar union members used to form the heart of the Democratic Party, FDR Democrats, who became Reagan Democrats. Right. And right now, today, they're Trump Democrats. Well, Senator, I, you know, I missed the Reagan era. I was not alive for that. And so for my whole life, the GOP, which I always loved, you know, but the GOP was kind there of a was a, a really bad boy. guy. It was called the Soviet Union. We beat them, freed the world, and liberty prevailed. You spoiled the ending. Yeah. Now I can't even read the history book. And by the way, we <laughs> tore down this wall.
1: <laughs> you know, for my whole life, the, the, the Dems have been the party of the working man. I want to know, nuts and bolts,
2: How did we end up where we are today? So, under the Obama presidency, the Democrats made a a decision that has generational consequences. They chose between what had been historically favored children of the Democratic Party. They chose between California environmentalist billionaires and blue-collar union members and their jobs and Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, they all decided to heck with the workers, write them off, we don't care about the jobs, we are the party of rich coastal elites. That has prompted an historic realignment And I got to tell you right now, we're seeing blue collar workers, if you care about jobs, if you have calluses on your hand, we are now the party, the Republican Party of truck drivers and steel workers and oil workers and farmers and ranchers and cops and (laughs) firefighters and waiters and waitresses and everyone that gets out and works for a living, that's the Republican Party. And the Democratic Party says, you silly little people, you deplorables, you don't need jobs. You know, it's
1: not just happening in the United States either. We're seeing this happen throughout the West. We saw it with Brexit. We're seeing it happen throughout Europe. There seems to be a rising up of people who say, maybe I wasn't a conservative before. But now that there's a left, left-wing party that's taking away my national borders, taking away my right to make my own laws, taking away my jobs, you're seeing this major coalitional realignment.
2: How many of y'all watched the State of the Union address? <laughs> I think it was by far the best speech President Trump has ever given. Yeah. That's great. He went through the incredible victories we're having, but let me highlight one in particular that I think, because we saw a contrast as he talked about record low unemployment, the lowest unemployment for African Americans in history, the lowest unemployment for Hispanics in history. The Democrats sat with their arms crossed, angry, <laughs> refusing to applaud. But that wasn't the worst of it. Yeah there was a moment where he talked about in the last three years, seven million Americans have come off of food stamps. And not only did the Democrats not applaud, a number of congressional Democrats hissed. That sums up where we are. Listen, the message of the Democrats, if you're a single mom, if you're dependent on the government for, for welfare, if you're dependent on the government for food, their message is stay dependent. They don't want you getting out of that trap of dependency. And I'll tell you, look, I'm from Houston. Right now today in my hometown of Houston, there is a single mom who three years ago needed the federal government to help feed her family. In the last three years, she's gotten a job. Tonight, she's gonna come home, she's gonna stick the keys in the door of her apartment, she's gonna open the door carrying a bag of groceries. She's gonna set those groceries on the kitchen table and her kids are gonna look at her with a newfound respect. She has the dignity of work, the self-respect of knowing she's providing for her family and her kids will have a level of hope and excitement, seven million lives transformed. You know, that
1: connects, I think. I think that that sort of message connects a lot better with the American people than 57 genders and we need to steal everybody's property. I don't think that's as persuasive a message as the Republicans. it,
2: it, it, It is. The divide is so stark. If you're a working man, if you're a working woman, the Democratic Party right now is not fighting for jobs, and, and here's the key going forward. The Republican Party is, and if we want to win going forward, we need to be the blue-collar GOP. If we are the party of jobs, we are the party of the future.
1: Well, I know who can help make the party the, the way that we want to see it, and that would be the chairwoman of the Republican Party. So let's bring her out, give us a little vision, answer some mailbag questions. Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank
3: you for having me. Hello. Thank you. All right. I feel so honored to be on the number one podcast.
1: Stop it. Go on. Go on. number one
3: podcast. I mean, who knew? I'm so lucky.
1: (laughs) Well, we're pleased to have you here. And actually, before we even get into the RNC stuff, which is now what you're running on the national level... I want to get specific about a past job that you had. You ran the Michigan Republican Party. Michigan, a very, very important state in 2016 and 2020.
3: Yay, Michigan. Uh, absolutely. And Senator Cruz, you were right on. President Trump spoke to the working men and women in Michigan and transformed our state and brought new voters into our coalition. And one specific county that flipped Michigan was Macomb County, which has gone Democrat for decades. And President Trump came over and over again. Everybody said, don't come to Michigan. Michigan's a non-winnable state. It's a flyover state. Republicans haven't won there for 30 years. I kept saying to candidate Trump, please come to Michigan. Please come. What and did, he did you know? Over and over again. Well, I knew it. I was looking at the numbers. We had the data. We were knocking doors. We were talking to voters, and we saw these forgotten men and women who yep. really felt like Washington had left them behind. That it had become this redistributionist coastal elite party of the left that forgot the middle of the country. And you're seeing that even more. The Democrats wanna get rid of the electoral college. Guess what? That means they won't come to Michigan ever again.
1: That's right. And
3: so uh, the president resonated. What's interesting about Michigan on election night that's often overlooked is Michigan was called for Hillary Clinton. Uh, by the Detroit Free Press on election night.
1: (laughs) That was wishful thinking, I think. Because
3: they had so undervalued the voters in Macomb and the shift. And President Trump outperformed Mitt Romney, 16% in that county. We won it. Wow. And that's why we have Michigan. And part of the reason, President Trump is our president. So,
2: so, so, Ronna, let's talk as a a practical matter. If you're a steel worker in Ohio, if you're an auto worker in Michigan, if you are one of the men and women who have formed the backbone of the middle class for for a century in America. What does a radical democratic agenda, a Green New Deal of Bernie Sanders, what does that mean for
3: you? Well, let's just kill the car industry altogether. Let's get rid of (laughs) of coal. Let's kill your jobs. Let's take away your health care that you negotiated. That's what the Democrat Party means to you. And by the way, all that hard work you're doing and all those taxes you're paying, you're going to go pay for a bunch of kids to get medieval uh, history college degrees and be in college for six or seven years instead well, of putting history that in is your-
2: helpful because Bernie Sanders might bring us to <laughs> the <laughs> dark age. He game. is a so little bit that, 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 that could be helpful. I
3: like that. But it is frightening for them. And the other thing that the president's done that's resonated so much is the trade deals. He came to Michigan and said, NAFTA didn't work for you, and we re- need to renegotiate. And he took on China. So you're This saying has this- been a leader, and people now know we have a president who fights for them.
1: You're saying this is a, a policy shift, too. It's not just using nicer words to flatter new voters. It's an actual shift in priorities and a shift in policy.
3: Absolutely. And, and now, results, like you said. The people who come off food stamps. That's food stamps, that's so personal. You know, we talk about numbers a lot as a party. Think about what that means for our family, the dignity of a family, to find a working wage, to be able to afford uh, things like groceries, yep. college tuition, gas to be able to set a new course for your family in that path, that's what America's about. And that's what the Republican Party stands for. And that's why we're doing so well with this president.
2: Let me give you an amazing stat. Last week I was down in in Laredo, Texas, was in Del Rio also. I was meeting with the leadership of of Laredo. This is down south Texas, right on the the river, Rio Grande Valley, uh, right just north of there. And uh, the mayor told me in the last few years, the median income in Laredo, Texas, has gone from $39,000 a year to $46,000 a year. <laughs> it's a pretty big raise. Now, you want wow. to talk about making a real difference, which, by the way, the, the, the power brokers of the Democratic Party think that doesn't matter. Well, let me tell you, $6,000 a year yeah. in a single mom's pockets, in a working family's po- pockets, look, that, that's a car note. That might be two car notes. That's braces for your daughter. Uh, th- th- that's maybe summer camp for your son. That, 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 that is... The money to, to take a family vacation, right. maybe you haven't taken a family vacation in five years and that extra money gives you the ability to go to, go to Disney World with your kids. That is what this fight is all about. And, and you look at where the two parties are going. We have, and, and you know, Ronna mentioned trade. Both parties were afraid to take on China. And I will say, President Trump, has shown enormous courage taking on on China, and it is opening up markets. I sat down this week with Texas cotton farmers who are so excited about opening up the Chinese market and being able to sell more cotton there. That is good for American farmers, ranchers, workers, manufacturers across the country. Here's an amazing stat. The last three years, 12,000 new factories in the United States of America. Barack Obama said it would take a magic wand to bring manufacturing jobs back to America. In the last three years, we have brought 500,000 manufacturing jobs back to the United States. Senator, this is all too optimistic. You know
1: conservatives, we need to be skeptical. So I want to know, you know, a a big aspect of the show, and something we love so much, it's why we love coming here, is speaking to the audience and hearing their questions. So in the few moments we have before we go, I want to know how the Democrats are going to take all that away from us. There is a question from Barron. It came in on Twitter. Question is... Barron Trump? I, I, oh,
3: <laughs> you know, a very, it might I'm be, actually. Kidding. Who knows? You must watch right. your podcast.
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> the question is, is the popular vote compact, you know, the states are going to just go with the popular vote and give away their, their electoral votes. Is the popular vote compact a violation of Article I, Section 10.
2: Senator? So, probably, but it is an open question constitutionally. So this is a question that is going to be litigated. You're seeing states, Virginia was the latest one, that voted to give their electoral votes to whoever wins the national popular vote, which means if you're a citizen of the Commonwealth of Virginia, your vote doesn't matter anymore. Right you're going to vote for whoever California and New York vote for. Exactly. I mean, it's a bizarre, it's difficult to understand why that makes sense to Virginia's. There, There is one reason, if you do that, You can ensure that people won't campaign in your state, and keeping politicians from descending on your state, there is a public good to that, so I get that. I I can empathize with them. Chairwoman, do you have thoughts on this?
3: I I absolutely do. I think it is devastating for our country to get rid of the electoral vote. This is what the founders intended for every state to have representation, and just stay tuned, because the RNC is not going to let this go. And there's something coming. Really? Is this a
1: preview of things to come?
3: Let me just say, I have an an intention to be the most litigious chair in history. (laughs) And I think this is, I think what Democrats have done systematically to take away our rights, to to rig the election system, and this, to take away our votes, our electoral college votes, and have California and New York dictate who the next president of the United States is going to be, is something we have to fight for as the Republican Party.
2: You know, and I, I, do you know why the Democrats are doing this? Why? The Democrats are trying to do this because they're scared of blue-collar voters.
3: Absolutely. Yep. They're
2: scared of Michigan, they're scared of Wisconsin, they're scared of Pennsylvania, they're scared of Ohio, they're yep. scared of Iowa. They, they don't think they can get those blue-collar voters back. Look, they're campaigning on eliminating these guys' jobs. So their approach instead is, let's just hope California carries this over. Th- that's, that's not the way our constitutional democracy works. That's right, and I hope you
1: are the most litigious chair in GOP history because the courts are looking pretty good right now, so 192 <laughs> new is judges. This
3: the right time to do it. Thank you, Ted, <laughs> and thank you, Mr. President, for paving the way. Well,
2: and and Michael, the RNC is one of the f- few plaintiffs that would clearly have standing to challenge this ridiculous national popular vote, so that uh, we may have made some news here today. That's,
1: Maybe. That's right, because you'd you know, you have to have standing to bring this, and the RNC clearly would be disadvantaged here. Uh, Before we go, we just have a minute or so left. Uh, This question that came in really tickled me, and since you are a party chair, I thought you'd be very good to answer it. From Tonka Teddy Bear, that's the Twitter name. That is a
3: great name.
1: Is it possible that the DNC is not going to nuke Bernie and are writing off this election for two reasons? They're under too much scrutiny to rig the primary but don't have a viable candidate, and two, they'll blame the loss on Bernie and distance themselves from the socialists.
3: Oh, can I just say how much I love Tom Perez and what a great job he's doing as DNC chair. Oh, yeah. I hope he stays there Four forever. More years. Four more years, I'm, I'm running the campaign for him to stay there forever. I mean, they're bankrupt. I'm not going to brag, but we did raise $27 million in January. Thank you all. We broke a record to elect this president. And the Democrats have a system. You know, it's funny that they're against the Electoral College, um, but they're creating the same system in their a nominating process where these super delegates get to come in and take away the popular vote. And that's what they're trying to set up for Bernie. Uh, I don't know how they can do it without creating a civil war in their party, but boy, isn't it fun to watch? It is so fun.
2: And and, and Ron, I got to ask, so you were a state party chair in Michigan, the Iowa Democratic Party.
3: Yes. Yes. What
2: a crap show. I know. I, I have a simple question. How hard is it to count the damn votes?
3: Seriously, honestly, I almost called a lifeline and said, can we come help you? And, and by the way, in <laughs> Iowa, they're literally <laughs> standing in a
2: gymnasium. <laughs> like like, like I, this is, it's not a complicated app. It's called an abacus. One, two, three. You know what it like, is, Senator. Like, the reason the reason they don't want to count the
1: votes medieval, is
3: they, medieval history. There we go right.
1: back to it. The reason they don't want to count the votes is because they don't like the answer that they're going to get. I think that's going to be exactly true right. in November. We've got to go here at CPAC. Chairwoman, thank you so much for being here. Senator, as always for being here. I'm Michael Knowles. This is thank verdict with Ted Cruz.
0: Purchase necessary, Void. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios don't miss the most important documentary about hollywood yet for a limited time watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash ben hollywoodtakeover.com slash ben when you have health insurance it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs that can be a lot of money So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today.